Linux OTC. Welcome to episode 23. I'm Bill. I'm Eric. I'm Majid. I'm Dave. Glad to meet you, gentlemen. And I'm Leo. Good to meet you, too. Wait, Dave, who the hell are you and what are you doing here? I uh, stumbled along. I was just going through YouTube shorts. And next thing I know, I come across this podcast and now I'm on it. I don't know. It's funny you bring that up. Somebody told me that this show does not come up when they search for Linux podcasts on YouTube, which is something one of us should probably fix. Um, no, uh, Dave, Dave, welcome to the show. Um, some of you, one or two of you might notice him from, uh, or recognize him as such from, uh, my other show, Three, uh, Three Fat Truckers, uh, where he is a co-host. You started to say 3FT. Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, I did. Cause that's, <laughs> that's what I'm used to saying. Um, that, the reason I invited you on the show, Dave, um, this kind of an on-off conversation you've been, you and I have been having while we're at work throughout the week. Um, I thought it was kind of relevant, might be interesting for conversation on the show. Um, you have this contention that um, the paradigm, the working paradigm that we're used to with, you know, keyboards and computer towers and monitors and th this whole uh, thing that we're used to is going to fundamentally change, uh, perhaps in our lifetime, to something that more resembles what uh, Iron Man uses with a lot of uh, 3D effects and surfaces that uh, just kind of respond to inputs in all different ways. And uh, that kind of thought terrifies me a little bit. <laughs> and But I got to think, you know, it, as much as it kind of seems a little ridiculous at first, because I can't imagine doing real development work or real document management work or anything like that without a proper keyboard and then, you know, monitors in front of me to see what I'm doing. But then, you know, I got to thinking that, you know, there is kind of a natural progression of things. And I thought, well, why not have him on the show and uh, see what the other guys make of it? So I think the intro might be longer than the conversation. Yeah. Well, yeah. I needed to lay it out because I, I wanted to make sure everybody knew. It what. Was, we were talking about AI and how, not using a keypad talking to a computer to make programs versus sitting there just typing them out and having it do it. You would watch it and see it, but you do 3D screens and AI building. Eventually, I think that's where all of this is going to go. So hmm. I, I, entire... would, I would agree to an extent. Um, Cause I actually mentioned this on the last Mintcast, how I, so I keep going through these phases where I want to try something new. And, you know, I'd been through this um, iPad only phase about 18 months ago, which was a complete dumpster fire. Anyway, so I tried um, I, I tried an Android tablet kind of, um, you know, Samsung with Dex and all that sort of thing and see if I could use that for my workflow. And after what, after after not long, I was like, I just wish I had my laptop with me. I just wish I had my laptop with me because I couldn't just sit and type and whatever. Um, but you also have had, about 60 years of like muscle memory going on, right? Yeah, exactly. 
Well, not 60, 59. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but but then what happened was I um I I I've, I've, as I was mentioning on the other thing, I've I joined a organization and they wanted some somebody to print out flyers and posters and stuff. As uh, and so um they'd sent one round and I looked at it and I was like, I'm sorry, but that's just rubbish. Um, shall I, um, shall I make one? They're like, yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. So I, I thought to myself, I'll get my uh, laptop out. I'll get Scribus, you know, which is my usual kind of open source, uh, uh, app for making up posters and things like that. And, um, for some reason I couldn't, uh, for whatever reason, I can't remember why, I didn't have my laptop with me and I thought, well, let me see if you can do this kind of stuff on a phone. And I managed to make a perfectly good, sensible, um, in fact, the other guys really liked it, poster in about half an hour using a couple of apps from the Android Play Store, your know, Google Play Store. Was and it Canva? It was actually. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought to myself, why the hell am I trying to shoehorn my old way of doing things onto these mobile devices, whether they're tablets or phones or whatever. Why am I trying to make them more like a laptop and do things that way? I can still, I can still achieve the same goal, like in this case, making a poster, but it could be anything without any of that, you know, with, you know, using specific apps and stuff. And so it made me think that, as time goes on and as technology gets more advanced the the idea of you know this will become this will become like the handwriting of the past you know people how i don't know about you guys but you know apart from medical notes i hardly do i'd hardly ever write anything down you know everything's on a screen everything's uh, typed or whatever and maybe that's just we're on this kind of evolution towards the kind of future that dave's talking about the only thing that i would say which counters or goes against it is if i remember correctly siri came out in 2014 or was it 2013 you know google assistant came out around the same time i still remember the first android where demos you know where somebody would would talk into their um uh phone and their garage would open you know because they've you know got it connected up as a smart home and stuff yeah, like and that everybody's got one of those now yeah it wait it just hasn't happened has it it just hasn't happened because it's uh, the thing about uh, the thing about uh, touchscreen uh, and smartphones was that they were genuinely revolutionary, and the tech industry has been trying to find something like that again and again and again. Whether it was wearables, whether it was VR, uh, you know, think of something. You know, they've tried it and they try to say this is the thing for this year, and it's not always worked out. Really, if you think about it. Um, so I could, so that's a very long way of kind of saying I kind of agree and I kind of disagree at the same time. I wonder if it hasn't worked out or if like things like Alexa or, ooh, I'm sorry, um, the Amazon lady cylinder maybe didn't meet up to the, the, uh, platform expectations. The hype. Well, they, you know, I think Amazon wanted people to use it to do their shopping and things like that. And that just, that's not exactly realistic. Well, that was, well, that was their business model, isn't it? That's how yeah. they were going to make the money back. Because they made the, all of this stuff at a loss. They, but they wanted us to kind of say, you know, hey, A, insert word. Alexa um, is it, it, what uh, he meant to say. The, the reason, no. Okay, I've started re-recording anyway. So I'm sure Bill can okay. get that out. Yeah, I've done it before. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. Uh, well, cool, Bill. 
the yeah. the yeah. reason the the reason the Alexa thing sucks is because they couldn't actually make it better than those buttons. Do y'all remember those buttons from Amazon? Mm-hmm. They they were for oh, yeah. they were for repeatable purchases, and anytime you needed one, you would press it, and two days later it would just show up. You know, you would get a receipt in your email. Alexa was harder than a button. So that never took off. And then Amazon was like, we're going to force it. So they just discontinued the button. And then people's purchases fell off. They have the stats to prove it. So when you make things harder, then it's just going to suck and no one's going to adopt it. I think touchscreens happen to be one of those things where it was actually, after the first couple generations, it was actually a whole lot easier. And, uh, to understand, really. Let's say the new TV refrigerators they got out now that have the cameras in them that you can shop through your refrigerator now. Have yeah. they got any better yet? Anybody? I don't know of anybody yet that constantly goes online, looks in their refrigerator with their iPhone to see what they're shopping with, you know, and they push that pretty heavily. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, it's I've technology never nerds like does me. It. Yeah, technology nerds yeah. like me that wanna that want my fridge to to buy something when I'm a quarter done with my milk, you know, like that's that's the kind of market that that they're gonna hit. With then that. it shows but, up and you're not expecting it, and it just gets left on your porch, and then oh, the cats, you, the outside cats will yeah. just like rip into it and drink it all. So <laughs> milk's you know, gone, sour. Yeah, yeah. All, all you there have is some... just this little plastic cup out there, and you're like, what was this? <laughs> yeah, there have been some some threads that were sort of dancing around and not explicitly stating and one of them is precision and accuracy right uh making that flyer on your smartphone uh i've edited videos on my smartphone same thing if i want a good enough version of a video it's perfect because it's easy right i don't have to do any make any of the tough decisions i don't have to you know, set up a project. I don't have to go through all those normal steps that you kind of have to on a normal computer interface. There's a lot of assumptions made for you. And that's that translates to it being easier, but it also translates to it being less precise. Is it the right? same like the reporters using their iPhones for recording now? Well, the, the ear pods have gotten good enough that the that's yes. why they're all using them. You I know? mean, yeah. and it, those all seem to be pretty good quality from what i can see on tv mm-hmm. well they've got a whole array of microphones and you know and it it does a better job of noise cancellation and isolation than the thousands of dollars of equipment <laughs> that they've got on the van you know yeah so but if that's they're producing why a real it. show they don't hook up a bunch of iphones around the studio to do it right, no. right. and and i think Correct. that's what what eric's getting at is that they're good enough but when you want something right. that is Top tier, highest quality, the thing you'll use, you know, an eight thousand dollar. Have, uh, have you guys right ever got to do that? Go into the studio on the TV station and do a show. No. Yeah, I've I done a show, but I've been through one because because uh, I do a lot of IT or I did a lot of IT work, and uh, yeah, there was a lot of IT well, work. I did to be barbecuing done there. before all this, and pretty successful. And I was on the news quite often, where I'd go in and they would do like they would have me on. I would show them what to cook for 4th of July. It'd be a Saturday morning, and then we would cook food and stuff. And it's basically a dingy garage with a bunch of cameras around there. Nobody's in there. Control room's in the back, and the two people are sitting there bitching because it's cold in there. Because <laughs> the cameras put off so much heat, they try keeping it cold. And a nice background, and that's all it is. It's quite, yep. it's deceiving for the average person just watching it on TV. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's all magic, on YouTube right? too. When uh, you know, if you look out that direction, uh, <laughs> don't do that. Yeah, you don't want to look yeah. about two feet to the right or the left of what you see here with my face. Or you could be like me and just not care. <laughs> yeah, that's also true. I think the other thing that is uh, true is, especially when you see those minority report, you know, user interfaces and stuff like that, is how much of the heavy lifting and, let's say, uh, processing or... or Layers of abstraction that have to be put in place to... How much do you trust the technology, first of all, to understand what you're telling it to do? Uh, so and how intuitive is it, right? And then how uh, effective is it? Because if you could control something truly by voice, if a computer was smart enough for it to understand natural language and have you say, I need you to schedule an appointment for me for next Thursday at 2 p.m. And I need you to let Carol know. And, you know, just like all of the threads that you would do and also shoot off an email. And if you could just verbally tell it to do something and trust that it actually did it all in the right way, the same way you would have done it, either on your smartphone or on your computer, then I think a lot of people would embrace that technology. The truth is that it's never good enough. It never actually works. Exactly. I mean, and the thing that you're mentioning about, like, you know, the minority report style, gesture, navigation, you know, moving your hand and doing this, all that sort of stuff. LG had it, I remember, was it the G8 had this weird thing where it could tell you, you know, how your hand was going. Oh, yeah. The Pixel 4. The Pixel 4 had that solely radar thing, which were, again, you could wave your hand and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember the Samsung Galaxy S3 had a, sorry, not S3, S4 had a thing where, you know, you could um, go forward in your gallery app, you know, your photo gallery, by just waving your hand over it, you know. And I remember that was even part of one of their commercials as well. So Wasn't that the same as the texting, just running your finger over the keys, not actually yeah, punching the swipes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, to be fair, I do use swipe typing quite a bit. I do too. That, but yeah, yeah, a lot of the time it doesn't work and I have to always proofread. There's one of my friends who uses swiping all the time and never proofreads and he sends me stuff and I send back going, look, you need some basic grammar. I have no <laughs> idea what you're saying. <laughs> I you get know, some shit actually, from Dave sometimes. <laughs> I talk to my phone I don't, and I don't always look at it and I've sent a yeah. couple things to pastors I probably shouldn't have. <laughs> that's that's what Bill sends us all the time. Bill's over here talking to his yeah. phone, and I don't understand half the stuff he says. So, c- but, can you imagine if if you and Bill were just sending voice to text back and forth, and nobody knows around, what anybody's saying? Walk around the store, and you see women holding their phones, talking. Nobody puts it up to their head no more. It's all just holding it and talking. Like, yeah, that, now that's that, actually gotten. That's really Go annoying. Ahead. I don't want to be part of your yeah. conversation. Yeah, I know. But but, but you put some earbuds in, or you know. Don't, yeah. let don't, don't let me find out. Don't let me find out you got me on speakerphone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in social... line at the pretzel again. place. What did he say? What did he say? <laughs> yeah. What? What? I can't hear uh, you. I'm in the, well, I'm that... in the railway yes, station. Yes, extra cheese. Extra cheese. <laughs> yeah, it, that's, that's the want? social norms around technology and public. I mean, I remember being, you know, because I was an IT professional, I always had to either have my pager or my phone with me. I remember being a Professional is a stretch. Fair enough. But I remember having my, when my pager on my a pager phone for a signal. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember the dirty looks I used to get. If I if I pulled out my phone, you know, during dinner or something like that, it was like, what's wrong with you know? And now well, I didn't just, have a screen know, with news on it though. 
at that time. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, you bring up the idea of there's some different ways of inputting data, right? And like uh, smartphones have been a great sort of crucible for like what works and what doesn't and what's good enough. Again, back to good enough, right? So, uh, you know, keyboard and mouse was what you had. That's how you dealt with any type of technology. And then, you know, a smartphone brought in touch and that was a big transformation to learn how to touch type. And then uh, voice recognition, as bad as it was, swipe. Yeah, you have all these things. And they have gotten marginally better. Like the Pixel devices that have the Tensor chip on board, the voice recognition is actually being done locally. And it is better than sending it off to the cloud. First of all, you don't have that that lag time of waiting for it to convert your voice new? into on text. Android? Uh, Do, yeah, doing it on board? Yeah, doing yeah. it on board is from the Pixel 6 onwards oh. they've done it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know how long and Apple's been doing it, but for quite the a other, while. The other nice thing about it is it stays on. So, like, if I am So typing, it's always listening to you. No, 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 no. Always no. It, listening. Oh, every one of these things See, is this always is, listening this to This is you. why trying to talk to Leo is so difficult. <laughs> I know. Anyway. <laughs> um, no, the, diff, the what it does is it stays on when you hit it to... Uh, recognize your voice it doesn't just stop after 10 seconds or after you f interact with it you can actually backspace and clear stuff out and it'll still be listening so then you could resume where you left off instead of needing to touch it again anyway it's it's a small improvement but it actually does feel more like voice dictation and less that like the really bare minimum text-to-speech i'm sorry the other way around speech-to-text that it was. So it, it is getting better. And I would hope that combined with AI, you know, of some form, <laughs> uh, that we can actually get a, an assistant that is helpful. But everybody's divesting their, their assistants. You know, Google just laid off more people from, from uh, Google Assistant. That was you know? the COVID glut, I think. I think they're just get ridding, get, getting rid of the no, people they're getting that rid they of features hired. too. But they're well, getting that's rid of just features Google, too. though. Google's always Is that, that just because features they're not being used? People are not picking up on. And I'm the guy. I'm the no. type of guy here that's funny because I will literally, I will, I'll get on Bing or something, and I'll see a story as I'm looking for something for our show, and I will highlight it and have it read the story to me while yeah. I'm constantly doing other things. Yeah. I don't right. take the time to read it. I let it read why I'm trying to do other things. Yeah. And then the same thing, I go on. You, Yahoo or Google, and I'll just hit the microphone and tell it what I'm looking for, and then it comes up because I am not a typer. I never took it. I'm not a keep ad person. I'm a truck driver. I'm a race car mechanic. I'm a barbecue guy. I don't do keypads. So yeah, yeah. Google doesn't kill things because um, because it doesn't work or because people didn't like them or because people didn't use it enough. Google gets rid of stuff that they cannot monetize. So. They can monetize search, right? You're using it all the time. They can monetize right. email. They read them and figure out what you like and send you the right ones. Um, but they haven't been able to monetize things like RSS feeds. So like where you get your news in just one one central location from all the different places. They couldn't monetize that. So they killed it. Uh, even though it was super useful and a lot of people were angry when it left. Yeah. Eric. Podcasts yeah. is another one. Google Podcasts. Yeah. Oh, I know yeah, a lot died. of people that are really pissed off about yeah. that. How yeah. come Google didn't just dive into the whole injecting ads in uh, dynamically into your thing? I feel like that would have been You would a think they thing. would have been they the do. leaders of they that, do. right? 
they do already. It's just that they've got a platform that does it. YouTube. Called YouTube? Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I think it was easier so, for them to like put everything under one roof because of what I, I saw on YouTube earlier when I was setting up the stream for Roundtable that they've got a place where you can add your RSS feed now. Yeah. Well, Google's Google's killing of podcasts was a harbinger for every podcaster saying that uh, ad revenue for podcasts is at the lowest it's ever been. So, um, you know, they're a bellwether, that's for sure. But yeah, they don't they don't kill stuff because they don't like it. They kill stuff because they can't. Well, make I don't money have off no it. problem. I don't have no problem with my refrigerator telling me that. I need another rack of ribs, and I say, yeah, I want rack of ribs, and then government steps in there and sends me broccoli, you know. So when I get to the door, I'm not <laughs> going to be very happy. <laughs> no, and Google, just, just to close that loop, I mean, what they tend to do is is undermine a product so that it becomes less popular, so then it's easier to just say, oh, well, it's not very popular. You know, they, they do it time after time after and time. And they have so. the numbers to say whatever they want. Exactly, you know. Honestly, outside of search and ad revenue, like Google is a one-trick pony. There's very little that they do outside of those things that they've ever been successful at. Advertisement. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. It. Anyway, so the, to, to your premise, I do think that, as you said, you're not a keyboard guy. Um, so the technologies of voice recognition, of swipe, of all these other things are an easier way for you to get a message across that's good enough, right? Yeah, Bill might make fun of you because he doesn't understand what you're saying, but it's good enough, right? Mm -hmm. You're not writing a novel. You're not <laughs> creating a job application. Like, you know, if you if you had to be precise, you could be. And I think Hold that's on, really but, what it comes down. But the premise is that we're going to get rid of keyboards and all this other stuff and move no. to... No, no, I don't think it's getting rid of. Nothing is exclusive. This whole mm. idea that it's, it, things are black and white in the world is so ridiculous in any sense. Well, yeah, just there because... There will always be a need for a keyboard, for a mouse, for a plotter, for a, a you know art pad, for all of these different ways of inputting data and, and interacting with technology. And that'll be the 1% percent, becomes, like Linux, right? Right, exactly. It gets smaller and smaller right. and smaller. So for, Doesn't for mean it's any less people, useful. Right. Does, does Linux... Yeah. Uh, how do I word this? Does Probably Linux, not. Yeah. Does <laughs> Linux people uh, fight some of this technology to not? Oh, yes. Yeah, oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. That's oh, our yeah. thing. Our thing is, well, is I liked the way it was in 1978. Please, God, don't change it. Yeah. 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 I mean, I have two Except laptops here. Bill, set them both up for me. This one, this one is strictly Linux, and this one does both, actually. And, uh, mm -hmm. and I, the Linux is so much faster and quicker and everything, but I have to do more to use it versus this one, you know, so. Yeah. And by that, he means that it's not Updates, like making, yeah, yeah, you know, it's not making decisions for him and. Hey, but if you put Linux Mint on there, you could just turn on auto updates and, and ask him to reboot it once in a while. That's really all you yeah. need to do. Yeah. Well, Hell, that's you could do a, my show notes computer for yeah. our other show. That's what I use it for all the time. So, and you just put a like whatever day you're not going to use it. Just schedule a reboot for that day, and you would and it would be no touch at that point. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Bill would have to do a lot of work in the back end to get that done. And I think Mint is one of the few distributions that's got like uh, an easy way to set up a thing to where yeah. all of your updates are automatic if you want. Yeah, because it turns out if if you're not. Um, I mean, if you're not stuck in your ways, if you're looking forward, I, I think, yeah, I mean, 
as as conservative as Linux Mint is, they have a whole lot of features that nobody else has um, because, I don't know, they get flamed for it, I guess. Yeah. There's been a lot of changes in Mint over the years, too, because there used to be kind of a culture of don't update. Well, I mean, the security updates, sure, but don't update, like, your... No, actually, that was a thing. They, they um, for a good little while... Uh, Linux Mint Clem had recommended that you don't update your kernel and if you do update your kernel to very specific ones yeah. and it was leaving security fixes on the table at the time so they got a lot of heat for that and then they just said all right fine we'll just roll the Ubuntu kernel good luck and it's it's worked out for them well I, I read I've been reading up before we did this show and I read about the kernel and how it is getting better with the, the mainframes and and the Apple, or not the Apple, but the Android phones and the yeah. ISS. But Apple too, actually. Yeah, yeah, they're actually, yeah. So. Did Copilot tell you all that? Copilot, what's that? That's the that's the built-in AI thing on Windows 11 now. I was playing with that earlier. Oh, no, I haven't found that yet. It's like have, most people I know. If it doesn't know the answer, GT. just make something up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jap GTE works real good. I had to do a couple uh, agreement sends flowers and write a nice thing and i let it do it for me and yeah it was pretty wordy and it worked but just fantastic make sure you always straight from the heart it. right yeah <laughs> <laughs> straight from the heart via gpt yeah and that's right somebody's that's right. heart wasn't mine but it'll work it I wasn't think anybody's I, I, I do think what's going to end up happening is that uh i think a lot of our conversations are going to be edited or or you know written whole cloth from uh ai and so we're just going to be a bunch of um ais talking to each other yeah. you know like there, there's going to be this intermediary of ai in between everybody and so the conversations are just going to be ai and it's going to change our language it's going to change the way we talk um and to each other like in person it's going to change a lot of that uh but i think before we get to the point where um you know Eric, the vast majority of people get rid of their keyboards and the vast majority of people get rid of their mice. Of course, uh, you know, people like me will still have one because, you know, but uh, it's got to get uh, it's got to get a whole lot better. But I think for it to do that, I think we're going to end up with the brain chip, man. I think we're going to go that far. Oh, yeah. OK, yeah. so let's go there. Yeah. Uh, why before not? you go, before well, you actually, go there, before, before you go there, before you go behind, there as well, the brick wall there. Behind Bill, there's oh. an eight track player. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. There's also People a TV not, from 1959. <laughs> yeah, no, I've got a I've got a record player in there, man. Uh, hooked yeah. up to some pretty nice I've speakers. A, I've, I've got a VCR player <laughs> that everybody makes a comment on when they come and see, and they go, "Is that a VCR?" I'm like, yeah. two of them. Yeah, I got one He's right like, here no. in front of me. You say no, it's a Betamax player. Yeah, that's even throwing Ooh. a good one. Yeah, I've got a VCR hooked up to my PC. Yeah, this is laser disc, sir. <laughs> well, I mean, I never uh, had one of those. all the way. Yeah. So, so that thing about you know um, AI just is you know it just lies, right? So I remembered that Brave has a uh, also has an AI called Leo. Yeah. Le yeah. So I, Look, I, I what, so ask me I your here, questions and I'll bullshit you too. Yeah. yeah. No, so no anyway, doubt. so. so here we are. Hi, I'm Leo. I'm a fully hosted AI system by Brave. I'm powered by the Llama 13B, a model created by Meta to be performant and applicable to many use cases. Meta. So basically, this is Facebook. All right. Yeah. So I asked, what is Mintcast? 
Hi there, I'm happy to help. Mincast is a feature in the Brave browser that allows you to easily manage and keep track of your <laughs> cryptocurrency assets, such as Ethereum and Bitcoin, directly within the browser. It provides a simple and secure way to interact with your cryptocurrency wallet and allows you to easily access and manage your assets on the wow. ground. Listen, send all of your crypto to Mintcast, right? They right on. <laughs> Hold on, but I think maybe it just went public this week too. Yeah, (laughs) maybe maybe you got to say Mintcast podcast. Maybe maybe that will. That is epic. I mean, where would they? Okay, so you got that app called Mint. Isn't there an app called Mint? It's dead now. That that got killed. Yeah. Oh. But there was, and it would it would do your finances. But I don't think it ever actually did crypto. So I don't think that's where it's getting that from. Where's it getting this shit from, man? What is Mincast podcast? Yeah. Here we go. I'm happy to help. Mincast is not a podcast, but rather a feature in the Brave browser that allows you to easily manage and keep track of your cryptocurrency assets. This thing is just built to further to crypto. Yeah. Well, the browser itself and. That's amazingly bad, isn't Actually, it? Actually, yeah, oh, Dave, because that is uh, epic. Brave was is built on a cryptocurrency and the you know trading yeah. those little bat coins. Bat coins, yeah. Bat coin. That's Leo's mm. favorite browser, isn't it? Uh it is my favorite Chromium based browser because it's uh. probably the lightest, but I think I'm falling in love with Vivaldi. Uh, oh yeah, Firefox I do love day, Vivaldi. Yeah. I, 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 saw, I saw your Linux user space thing talking about Vivaldi, and I was like, yeah. he's Finally getting onto the program. I'm a big Vivaldi guy. For some well, reason, the- you guys all sound like Charlie Brown's t- teacher right now. You're using Edge, Dave. Yeah, I know what I'm using, but there is like, I got no clue what they're talking about. I don't have any clue what I'm talking about, and I'm the one saying it. The choice of browser is very tribal in in Linux because people, the browser is probably the number one thing you use the most for most users and you know you've got so many that i was speaking to a friend of mine because we were looking at um all the some of the new things that have come out at ces you know like the new laptops and all that sort of jazz and uh, I, was, I was chatting to him, and he's one of these guys interesting uh kind of goes in with the previous conversation he sends me voice notes so he doesn't type like his messages out he doesn't mm-hmm. transcribe them he sends me voice notes but if you ring him he doesn't pick up Right, because he's busy. Oh, I know exactly yeah. what you mean. I wish yeah. voice notes were were way more uh, pervasive, and you got a transcription with it. That would be the yeah. killer feature for yeah, voice notes. Yeah, if you got a transcription. Yeah. But the thing is, it, it it kind of feels like to me like like I can't be bothered to actually type, right? So I'm going mm. to say it, but I don't actually want to talk to you. Yeah. So I'm just going to record a message. I'm that I'm that guy. Yeah. I'm that I, guy. Anyway, so this guy, he gets... Uh, so You're a little old for that, aren't you? Because kids don't talk on the phone, so they would rather use voice, I mean. Yeah. Oh, no, man. I, yeah. I would... I like the voice I could voice call thing. the kids, mm. and they won't answer me. I text them, respond instantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, that, actually, that I, won't, all the time. <laughs> I won't respond to you in text either, so yeah. uh, I'm just really I, bad about connecting with folks. Yeah. No. Unless you get me in a room like this, right? The trick is to condition everyone to you never responding and then they just get used to that <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly so exactly. it takes me a day to get back to you anyway the anecdote still goes on right anyway so uh as as he's sending me these voice notes telling me about how much he um was interested in the samsung galaxy book 4 or the asus zen book or whatever he um he said that you know the thing is i need 32 gigs of memory and i'm just fed up that you can only get 16 in the samsung 
and I'm like, so what do you use this 32 gig of memory for? Right? It's like, I have about 200 browser tabs open in Edge, Chrome, and Firefox. What? On a phone? No, on his laptop. Oh. Oh. <laughs> so, so he's like, so I need that 32 gig. And I'm like, mate, you need a better browser. Yeah, you need something with better RAM management and you need to sort your tabs out because it is not healthy for you to have 200 each in each of these three browsers. I think he just opened a new browser because he filled the previous one up. No, because apparently he uses it for his research. He apparently uses it for his research because he's a researcher. Could you imagine the scream if he accidentally hit the X? Oh, flipping. Ah. You can't even yeah. read the what what each one of those tabs are anymore. Yeah, no, it's just got... icons at this point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so so, yeah. so I You're so I directed him towards uh, Vivaldi because it has the tab islands thing, but it will um, group. Uh, so now tabs he'll have together. Edge, Chrome, and Vivaldi open with about a hundred tabs on each yeah. one of them. Yeah. yeah, and I told him that Brave is lighter than Chrome as well, so he's going to get Brave as well. So um you know how he can do tab management is with the brain chip see i was waiting for eric to get back before i brought it back up the brain chip and then it'll do all your tab management for you and and you'll be you'll be golden you could have like a thousand tabs open that'll be one of the killer features plus they can find you by radar if you get lost yeah they can already do that All GPS right down to square foot. Yeah. They know where you're yeah, at. Yeah, well, the, the iPhones now have the emergency GPS super-duper triangulation thing, and you just push the emergency button, and it's like, all right, man, the Navy will be there in a minute. Wow. Grandpa's peeing on the neighbor's was yard your, again. Again. Was that your George W? <laughs> was that your George W that I heard there? Who? I heard that you. The, Me? The Navy will be there. In a, oh, no, not on, oh, not on purpose. Oh, I thought when, I heard when it. I, when, when I say some of those things, I think my inner Texan comes out a lot. <laughs> it and, does. You, know, it, you yeah. had a little, the, the, little the, bush there. The, the, Just a little certain, bush. There's certain things that you know only make sense in a particular accent. So if I'm, I want to sound like a stupid person, for some reason, I sound like I'm from Birmingham in the UK. Because it's just the most stupidest accent. All right, I'm from Birmingham. It's all that's funny. We've got a Birmingham slide. here that's down in a stupid part of the world, too. Yeah, exactly. I'm going there tomorrow. Don't be pissing them off. Yeah, you're going yep. through there, aren't you? Yeah. Or, or, right. or, or, if I, or if I want to do, you know, if I think of something racist, I can only say that in a Yorkshire accent. Hey, them packies, they come over here nicking our jobs, I tell you. So, I mean, I know, I know none of this. I know this is all wasted on you because you're all like American. And you won't so what's get a all these accents. But, but we are aware that you've got different accents over there, just like we do. That's why whenever I'm saying something that's that's right leaning or or kind of hillbilly, I'll throw the, I yeah you know but Donald Trump he could he could commit murder and I'd still be behind him. I tell you what, so it's, yeah, we've got the same thing over here. It's the same thing. Uh, okay, so I think when I was Seth, trying I'm to, real smart, I was trying to kind of. My first thought when when Dave, when we first started having this conversation, I don't know, a year ago or so. Um, he argues a lot with me. <laughs> how, because, yeah, I can see how normal people, I mean, we're already there. They're, they're already using normal. other types of interfaces and things like that. But how how would um, the workflow of some somebody like a, a software developer or something like that, how would that workflow Brain kick. Able, yeah, the the the, <laughs> the brain chip. I'm telling you, man, brain chip. You just gotta or give, you just gotta give all of your body up to Meta, and they'll no. be like, "We'll sign you into Facebook and Instagram and Threads all at the same time." And all you well, need to do is give us every thought that yeah, you've ever had. But that's you I know, think, does that, I think software. 
I think software developer is one of those corner cases where having more precise, again, more precise inputs makes sense. Yes, you can have uh, Copilot. No, it's not Copilot. What is it? In yeah, it the, is Copilot. The GitHub thing, right? It is Copilot. Yeah, they so just why is, expanded what, it. Wait a minute. They okay. want it pervasive, right. dude. Same name for yeah. everything, okay. everywhere. It just yeah. I hadn't had that thought until literally just then that they reused the name. Okay. Um, yeah, so, I mean, of course, something like Copilot, which everyone who's used it, honestly, I've, I haven't heard almost anybody say, no, it doesn't help me. I mean, literally almost everyone I've ever heard use it said, yeah, I was skeptical and actually, yeah. no, it's very, very useful. So, yeah. I mean, I can understand. And that is, of course, because it, it's a layer of check. It's also, and I used to I do this too whenever I would, especially when I was writing something in HTML or CSS, like I'd have a, a skeleton, you know, like a boilerplate HTML5 template. You didn't write That's it how by I hand started every a single time? Open, no, open alligator, body, close alligator. Right. No, why, why? It saved me, it saved me three minutes of typing. I remember that game. So, yeah. So, I mean, that's what, Pitfall? Was that a pitfall? I think that's what he was. That's a bang <laughs> no, it, I call I call those uh, no, the he, diamond brackets. What do you call those triangle brackets? I call them alligators yeah. because I learned them in grade school, right? Like the oh, alligator the wants to okay. eat the yeah. big number and nice. wants to eat. Yeah, so alligator. But so I, I think the point is that there will be a certain amount of assistance, automation, double checking, you know, sort of, and all of that. But ultimately the programmer, the developer themselves needs a precise way of inputting data. Um, voice is not going to be good enough because it's going to be annoying as hell to have to like, you know, explain you all that. You have to actually unless, say open alligator, right? Yeah. Unless it's smart enough to start to understand. Like if, you, if you're opening a stanza of code and like it just knows that as you start speaking, it has to open it and close it. Or, or maybe it listens to everything you say and then goes back and says, well, this is how it has to be. Well, that's what I was right? going to get at is the, is the natural progression of this that we literally can tell some AI the whether it's the function we're trying to write or or the rest of the you know we can literally tell the ai what it is we're trying to build and then it just kind of presents us with a uh well that's kind of option. what copilot does but now if you go yeah. back to the old days didn't didn't courts don't they still type on a goofy machine that doesn't type every word Stenographer, out yet, yeah, yeah and they still catch it you know and they've been doing that for how many years so yeah 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 um, but I, I guess if I step back and I think, well, what's the ideal, right? If we're, if we're saying that uh, the reason that keyboard and mouse isn't going to be pervasive into the future is because it's less than ideal, fine. Then what is ideal? Is it voice? Is it chip in the brain? Is it gestures, which doesn't make sense for a lot of reasons. I got a gesture mind. for you. Yeah. 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 That whole, that, that, this whole like swiping, that doesn't make any sense. It's yeah. kind of silly. So it's, what, it's what I think the, the end goal is for, I mean, for programming anyway, for this whole co-pilot thing, I think um, co-pilot is going to end up writing the code. I, I, I mentioned it before that it's just going to end up being, you know, when I'm talking to Bill, it's not me talking to Bill. It's my AI assistant talking to Bill's AI assistant, and then Bill may or may not read it. He may actually just get a summary of what I said, you know, fed to him through the AI. Programming is going to end up the same way. It's not going to be that you're dictating code to a, you know, some kind of text editor or something like that. 
You're thinking too small. You're dictating an idea of what you want that code to do, and the AI will then write code fit for purpose. No, it's not going to do that right now. No, it's probably not going to do that in the next couple of years. But that is where it's going to end up being because AI is going to write the code for the computer. And there will never be a human intermediary at that so point. Getting rid, of, getting rid of the bullshit chat. Yeah. But yeah. you're, but you're That's also. That's basically what you're doing. Yeah. You're, I need you're that. applying this to a very specific instance of development. And, and I think where Dave's coming from is probably much more of like a okay, here's my next generation smartphone or here's my next generation laptop or whatever device paradigm we're talking about. And the the progression of interacting with this device is now something different. Yeah, Whether it's voice. that's just an improvement is voice. So voice is the, the ultimate. Or I thought. Think, I agree with you. I agree that voice is probably the It'll most straightforward- well, yeah, but I, th- I mean, if if a machine was smart enough to truly understand human speech, and not just the words themselves, but the context, the inflection, the intonation, like all of the sarcasm, the, yeah, that's exactly. why I like exactly. that's why I like yeah. what Majid was talking about. The voice notes, those are superior now. Uh, you know, phone call, yes, but voice notes, if you don't have a phone call, because you do not lose that context. Correct, and correct. Yeah, didn't they just yeah. have a report something about uh, emojis didn't have the sarcasm that people wanted to use? I remember hearing something about that. About I was gonna say you talked to me. I hit you with the I hit you with the sarcasm emoji emoji real quick. We got one or two that get the point across. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny that we have so many emojis, and I still struggle sometimes to find one that actually I only use fits. four. Yeah, I use well, like four, three or four. <laughs> one for funny, one for yep, gotcha, one for. I use the pregnant cool. guy because I grow all the time. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> so maybe maybe Dave was on to something here that maybe the the natural progression over a long period of time is to sort of for many people for most people. Uh, is to get away from the paradigm that we've gotten used to and, and there'll just be uh, artificial intelligence or some sort of other type of layer of abstraction between the human and the, uh, the wherever the input is going. Yeah. Because uh, we're seeing it already, right? I mean, Well, it's, the- it's about improving the accuracy or the um, machine's language models ability to understand exactly what uh, the human being is trying to explain to it. Like what Eric was saying, you know, the, there's so much more communication involved in in human speech, you know, the inflection and the improvisation, you know, sometimes the same person will never explain the same thing uh, the same way more than once, you know, yeah. and the, the you would have to improve the technology to the point to where it would understand all that. Yeah, but that well, seems it's, it's never going to get there because humans coded it. Yeah, and not just that. If you think that this is something that human beings have a problem with anyway, I mean, yeah, for anybody, exactly. This is exactly yeah, what I mean. Yeah, for for anybody who's bilingual, right? They um, trying to translate just in your head from one to one language to another is hard enough yeah and then and then if for example you're more proficient in one than the other you know you, you can never get it exactly right there was an interesting well, interesting i'll put it that way there was a woman 
a G- uh, female doctor in the UK who got done for dishonesty, right? Because she uh, insisted that the the IT department at a health center had promised her a laptop, right? Um, I mean, the fact that this is it was a farcical case anyway, but. When you start digging into it, you realize that this woman's first language wasn't English. And so, you know, when she had been trying to say whatever she was trying to say in her broken English, mm. she used the word promise. When all she was trying to basically say was, you know, you but you said you would get me a laptop last week yeah. and I still haven't got my laptop. And then um, because the other people who are getting it are native English speakers, they were like, oh, she, we never promised her. She's lying blah 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 and before you know it there's a a case so if we have difficulty just when we're trying to change from one language to another one means of hum- human communication to another then how much more difficult is it going to be for an ai well i think his ai would do better it would listen to what you said write it out to what i hear versus mm. just because it will do the thinking and getting it right. Yeah, yeah. That's, you know. Well, the other thing is, I mean, we're, we've actually, f- most people are good enough to figure out the tricks and like how something works, right? It Very few things are 100% ideal, right? In a lot of cases, you kind of have to figure out, well, there's a little certain way you have to say this or push that or do that or whatever. Uh, where's an option? You know, you kind of, you learn to use something, right? We're smart enough to do that. So even if voice recognition <laughs> isn't 100%, I think people would still be, let's say, um, one of the reasons I think that voice assistants have not been widely adopted is because they're they're in the like the 70 percentile of accuracy, right? They're very, very low. They're not, if you can push up into the 90s and, and accept that it's not going to be perfect, but you can reasonably assume that it's going to be right most of the time, then I think that's that's an acceptable level of accuracy. The problem is that right now, I, the Siri and Alexa and Google and all of those are just, they're terrible. They're not even close most of the time. I say set a timer for five minutes and it's like send a message to Maria. It's like, what the hell are you talking? You I got to enunciate. No, I, <laughs> I shouldn't have to. And that's the thing. So there is, so if you can push that accuracy up to a certain acceptable degree that people are comfortable with it, Knowing that nothing is perfect, just like you might mishear me on a phone call or something I say here, you know, that nothing is going to be perfect. But if it's accurate enough that you can trust it, then and, and like Dave sending a voice text or something like that, if that's 90th percentile accurate and it only gets something wrong once in a while, like you might do as a typo, then that's well beyond where we are today. I think, and I think, I think Bill and Dave already do that, right? I mean, it's 90%, wouldn't you uh, say? He I mean, we fill in no. the blanks, you know, yeah, sometimes. He, he corrects me, and I'm like, you know what the hell I meant. Quit correcting me. Exactly. <laughs> Bill's got the other 10% in here, man. I got to admit, most of the time I know what he's talking about, and I'm just being a dick. Hey, that's me. <laughs> that's my job on this show. Yeah. I mean, that's why we tra- love you, Leo. <laughs> we can travel around this stupid country that we got here and just the different languages of English we listen to from up upper New York all the way down to Alabama, all the way over to northern Minnesota. 
and say the same sentences and three people hear it differently yeah. because it is that completely different words to describe things you know yeah. right here within this one this one country and every country in the world is like that you know um yeah but, not many people are fixing to do anything or fitna but fit, I am. Fix, fit, are you fitna fit, yeah. yeah you know <laughs> yeah that's where finna came fitna. from yeah fixing too but yeah fixing was just too much to say so i mean no but that i think that's just language in general right i mean we all tear it all down yeah. and make yeah. it as short as possible i think we we, we do have that all brutalized the, time. the king's english pretty bad yeah yeah <laughs> oh I'm we've done it bad as well we've done it bad as well yeah you've i mean obviously you've obviously oh. not spoken to someone from newcastle upon tyne the no, that's, accent. i was just it's just it's so difficult that actually there's there was even a a joke of once of somebody ringing up uh, a helpline and you know the person on there has got a what it's called a Geordie accent and um they uh, uh the, the first question the guy says is I'm sorry is there someone that can speak English <laughs> <laughs> in fact in fact I actually have an anecdote about that so when I so I used to work up in Newcastle right and when I um when I'd gone for my interview I'd literally had to like leave at 5 a.m to get there uh for nine and after I got there I thought well I'm gonna get um uh a, let me get a cup of tea and a sandwich before I go back drive all the way back down to Birmingham and um, I, I go into this cafe next to Newcastle United Football Club's thing, and uh, I see this really pale blonde woman behind the thing. And I ask for some, uh, can I have a sandwich, please? Can I have whatever? And she goes, Do you want some foie on your wall? What? Sorry? What? what? Do you want some foie on your wall? And M, to went, M to the B. M to the B. And I swear, I thought I'm myself, thinking it's mayonnaise on your sandwich. Uh, <laughs> You got it. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> I, well done. I, I, I sat there thinking, what is it? And I was about, I thought to myself, maybe she's Polish. That's why she looks really pale and blonde. And think of the multicultural irony, yeah, of an Indian guy. Of, oh, okay. A second generation Indian guy going from one end of the country to the other, seeing a white woman and thinking she's foreign. And I, going, I was about to ask her, do you speak English? When it, the, it clicked, do I want mayo on my roll? Uh-huh. Well... If Bill's never told you, gentlemen, is have you ever heard the story about the Bamblands? The Bamblands. I need a Bamblands. <laughs> oh, no, no, I don't know this one. <laughs> it's about a guy who's driving down the road, hits a deer in his car, pulls off to the side of the road. The deer is just laying there. He puts the deer in the back of his car, and he's driving down the road. The deer wakes up and bites him in the back of the neck. Starts kicking the shit out. <laughs> Starts kicking the shit out of the car. Okay. <laughs> He pulls over to the side of the road, gets out. There's a dog trying to get the deer that's in the car. He's in, he runs over to the phone booth and he calls 911 and tells him he needs a bambalance because he's a uh, southern. And he goes, <laughs> and they can't figure out, they recorded all this. And he goes, I got a dog biting my ankles because the phone booth, you know, back in the day, he had about a foot opening at the bottom where the dog was biting his ankles. The deer's kicking the shit out of the inside of his car. He's next bleeding, and he wants to know who gets to keep the deer, the dog or him. (laughs) (laughs) I need a bamboo. Then he couldn't pronounce the the, the street that he was on. Yeah. He said, I'll tell you what, I'll go over to Lee Road. You just meet me over there. (laughs) 
Oh yeah, that I mean, it's funny, but there's a lot of logic in that. There's there's a lot of hurdles to overcome in terms of making a machine be able to disseminate all this. Yeah, but but you can't give up on the old machines. For instance, Jiffy Pop. Who remembers Jiffy Pop as a kid? Putting it on the grill, shaking it all up, and the foil rose up, the popcorn, it grew, and it was the neatest thing in the world. I did that, like, last week. <laughs> they still sell those. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, you never want to give that up. That was going just to get so some now. Cool. Yeah. Well, I think I think yeah. what, what really needs to happen is, I mean, Mozilla was doing this uh, project where all of the accents all around the world of all of the languages, what they wanted was you to record... Um, Common voice. Yeah, Yeah, that's what it's called, yeah. And you would record basically a script or just a bunch of stuff, and you would send it in, and they would let their AI kind of hack at it and learn it and kind of understand what it is that they're saying, especially in local dialects, especially in um, really thick accents, um, to kind of figure out what where, where the commonalities are and then where that breaks off and then how to translate that. So... I think we're going to get there. I think even even you might even be able to understand uh, the Creole accent eventually, right? <laughs> You're asking a lot, I there. guarantee. <laughs> yeah, I love that accent so much. It's one of my absolute favorite American accents. Oh man, I love it. Uh, Zim shrimps cooked, yes sir. Yeah, little rice, <laughs> saucy shrimp. Give me one of them del dem del boudin cooking over there that was so good there's a donut shop that that instead of um a kolache right with like a like a weenie in there uh boudin is what they put in there. yeah oh it's amazing oh it's so good Sinclair See, now, now, now you're copying our normal truck yeah this is our normal There's three fat truckers we talk about food <laughs> uh, well yeah 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 and uh um, obviously one of the, yeah one I, of the other I, shows didn't we get into, didn't we get into trouble once for not talking about linux enough <laughs> Remember, we had some well, feedback saying, "Hold on, this this is Linux OTC, and you guys don't talk about Linux." And I'm like, "Wait, wait, wait!" The the answer to all of this is that all of the AI stuff that we're talking about, Common Voice and everything else, is going to be running on top of Linux. Please, you think Copilot's going to be the one that's actually running the world? Mm -mm. It's going to no. be the one that runs on Linux. I guarantee I I it because there's no licensing. I think I read that the uh, Fort Knox and and something else is all run on Linux too. Oh yeah, the, goal. Oh, the whole the, world is. Yeah, it's more it, it's it's more surprising to me that that any enterprise, at least for not Active Directory, not for these these you know user facing things, yeah. but in the yep. back end, it's more surprising for me to hear. Oh, we're using Windows, uh, we're using Hyper V, and we're using all of these other Microsoft technology. I'm like, wow, oh, really? Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys have deep pockets, huh? <laughs> yeah. I got a friend. I might have him on the show sometime in the future because he's been he's been working for the Indiana University Library IT department for like thirty years now, and that's that's their story. Is it's all Active Directory and VMware and all that nonsense and Windows and and uh, he he knows about the Linux stuff, but he it's never been presented to him. You know the uh, alternatives to all that you well know, probably because he has a city council that'll give him an actual budget yeah 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 and bill did you say friend yeah lightly friend. speaking he took <laughs> off for college when we graduated high school and never came home got a job <laughs> still living in bloomington to this day Never finished his degree either. That's that's also another interesting thing. He's actually working for the university. Never finished his degree, and now he's a higher up on the at the 
well, that's library always, there. But, but that's well, the that way happens. life is, isn't it? You yeah. you only get promoted if you're crap. Yeah. <laughs> because, no, you know, because, think... because that's what happens. I'll be honest with you. That's what's happened in my industry. If you have someone that's just a bit rubbish, then the best thing to do is to promote them or something like that and get them out of your department into someone else's. <laughs> yeah. So it's their headache. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. yeah. I think that's what happens at Google too, and that's why a lot of another reason a lot of these projects go, you know, away. No, is, but, uh, I'm telling you, man, it, it's monetization. There, if, if oh just yeah, they, I mean that's true. I, I'm not arguing yeah. against that, but I think yeah. I think people get a job at Google and they get really ambitious and they come up with some cool thing, and then Google just chucks it over the wall. And, Isn't it and, true that a lot of creators leave out Linux because of some of the work they have to do yeah. to get Linux? Oh. Yes. Yeah. I, as a matter of fact, stuff. as a matter of fact, there um, most of the popular—I I say most—all of the popular Linux podcasters, video makers, creators, whatever—they all use something like DaVinci Resolve. If they're using Linux to do the work at all, they're probably and most of them take it and put it on a Windows machine or a Mac, and then do all of the editing there, and then they do a video about Linux. So, yeah, I can give you yeah. the name Listen. of two shows that doesn't do that. Well, right, and uh, then and uh, the quality of those shows. Oh, uh, hey, easy ah, now, oh, oh, easy oh, oh. there. <laughs> I think I think audio only Linux does a pretty decent job. Video, I'm sorry, nothing, no open source video editor comes even close to something Linux like Linux does good on audio because the software that works on Windows and and Mac is cross platform to Linux. So because Linux has access to Windows and Mac software, I think that's really where it's at. If it's stuff like Ableton and Pro Tools and right. If they work on Linux, then yeah, okay, now I can don't. do my job on Linux. But and DaVinci Resolve, that I, I suppose you could use Toolbox and get that working on an Ubuntu system. But I think no, that's it works. Only a, it just works out of it. No, it, it just runs works. on. Does Linux. it work it on, a, on a, But say. again, yeah. the point is that it's cross-platform. Yeah, it's not a Linux right. first software. And I think all of the most important softwares, I mean, you know, maybe not to you in your personal life or something like that, but in the industry, the most important softwares, uh, if they're on Linux, then people on Linux can do the job and, you know, make that kind of content and do that kind of thing without compromise. I think for me, the choice has always been philosophical and, yeah. uh, uh, you know, and so I make these choices. But then again, I don't have to get paid to do these things. I'm not under pressure by anybody except for the viewers and the listeners, you know, um, and I can get by. But, you know, you're, I have to admit, as much as I don't want to, that sometimes it's painful. It really, yeah. really is, you know. Well, right. Like, so we were, we were for the first hour of this show. Do you use any Adobe system? No, there's nothing. Adobe's not. The only thing we have available on Linux is the... Uh, PDF reader. And you better believe. Hmm? And then a penguin something? thought I read something earlier about that. that um, that's been an ongoing kind of topic of discussion for a long time is the uh, Adobe products, the, especially the Creative Suite. That's one of the things that some Linux people would really enjoy seeing come to the platform, you know. Again, not a Linux-first software. No. But, yeah. But does I, that, that really third, matter? That would be third party, basically. Kinda. It, Why does that yeah, it would be? It would be. It depends on what school of thought you're you're subscribed to. You know, whereas what? with me, it's like you know, I would rather use something 
where people are contributing to each other's work in a, and I know this makes me sound stupid, but you know, it, it, in more of a perfect world kind of manner where there's a lot more altruism involved in it. And, and, uh, it's software for the purpose of making life better for people as opposed to software that is created to uh, make a profit for a company or yeah. something like that. That's, that's where I'm at for the most part. I mean, it's why I'm on Linux uh, for the most part. That's why I use open source software for the most part. It's why I hamstring myself and use things like Caden Live on Linux to do a video podcast. Um, it would be easier on DaVinci Resolve on a MacBook Air or a M1 Mac little mini yeah. thing or something like that. It'd be a whole lot easier to do that. But I don't because philosophical, I guess. Yeah, and it it's something that you have to. <laughs> I find myself having to convince myself over and over again as time goes on. Why am I doing this to myself? It would be so much. I would have so much more free time if I would just use these other tools that I've literally got available to me. You know, yeah, uh, right in front of me. But I do this thing to myself. Why am I doing it? And then I got to remind myself of all of these moral. Uh, concepts that I've subscribed to, you know, over the years. And yeah, that's a thing, you know, which, but you have, there, there's a spectrum of users. Like there are definitely people who go even further beyond what you guys do, where it's only GNU stuff, you know, and the RMS types. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so that's, that's hardcore philosophical, you know, you've made a choice and you're, going to live your life a certain way. Uh, I'm on the other end of the spectrum where I don't care what it is. I'll use whatever the best tool is for the job because I don't have a philosophical problem with paid proprietary software. I recognize it for what it is. And, you know, if it... I'm makes slightly my, different. I have, I, I, I have a finite amount of time in my existence on this planet. And if everything I do takes 10 times longer simply because I'm being difficult. <laughs> uh, that, In my mind, at least, that doesn't make sense. But I'm not begrudging anyone else who chooses to do it that How way. How dare that's, you? No. That's your no. right. I mean, I always try to, I mean, I try this all with all of my things in life and maybe I fail at most of them, I don't know. But I always try and take a middle course, you know. So I, I definitely take the thing of, you know, use the best tool for the job. However, in my mind, qualitatively i would uh, prefer to use something that is free and open source because i you know it does give me that warm fuzzy feeling inside which isn't just due to my pepsi max you know i do actually you know um it 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 just you know it, there is something i think good about the endeavor but i'm not so dogmatic that you know yes i will refuse to use anything and just be um, only using fossil alternatives. That's why I still have a Windows partition on my laptop because I, you know, sometimes I just need to use that. Um, so I, so I try and stay in between, and I kind of, and I, I get exactly what you mean, Eric. That you know, you've got, you know, who's got the time? I mean, seriously, who's got the time? There's enough shit going around in the world here. Um, sometimes you know, you do need to just kind of say, come on. But at the same time, as I said, I, I just do think that it's better. I do think a lot of free and open source software is just 
it's made with a good heart it's made with people trying to make some functionality rather than monetize like you were say like Leo was saying you know so many the reason why google the killed by google thing is so um emotive for so many people is the fact that so many of the services were damn good you know and people really enjoyed using them but because of business interests they were thrown away now again you can say that well what do you expect a big multi-billion dollar company to do you know of course they're going to try and make money but there is something more nobler in trying to just make something good for the sake of it being good rather than for the sake of trying to rinse more money out of you is it because Linux drives are harder to use to get it on there too? Not really. I it's think really... it's the the user interest. There's just a smaller pool of, I mean, much smaller pool of people using Linux. Yeah. So it's just a, it's if anything at all, it's an afterthought to bring that software over I, to Linux. I think you go to the store and the the machine's got Windows right. on it, and that's right. you don't yeah. need to go any. That's further a big factor. That. You know, yeah. people people I would mean, know sooner. There's a lot of lawsuits about that too. Well, yeah. people would no sooner, you know, even consider changing an operating system on a computer than they would their toaster, you know, it just for or putting a different people, engine in their car, you know. Yeah. yeah. Why, why would you put a different engine if it came with that engine and it runs? You know? So you you have to be a tinkerer to do that. Yeah. And that's exactly what a lot of people are who use Linux. Or they yeah. are tinkerers. But I use Linux, especially on the desktop. Well, no, no. On the desktop, but especially on servers because it is the best choice. On servers. It's no so doubt. much Hands better. Down. Yeah. And on, and on the desktop. I feel like it's easier for me to run a desktop with Linux to keep it up to date, to, you know, have it run at its peak performance, to do all of the things I need to do on a computer using that system. Now, I can appreciate that Windows and Mac provide a different experience for different people and the, you know it's the better choice for them. But I the thing that I don't love about the mindset of using open source come hell or high water is that a lot of times that in it is a connotation that you're settling that open source is somehow always inferior or is never, you know, going to be as uh, powerful or useful as proprietary software. And I think that's completely false in many, many, many cases. Now, the opposite is true in other cases where the proprietary option is the better option, at least for someone like me. Mm -hmm. So that's the one thing I don't love about this whole idea of, well, we have to use open source because the, in my mind, it always has this connotation of, even though it's maybe not the best choice because it's a political or a philosophical choice. And I guess I just, I'm yeah, not no, motivated I mean, by that. No, I mean, I get that. I get that. I mean, as someone who has unfortunately spent a lot of his life surrounded by religious fundamentalists of one stripe or another, I can see the exact same behavior in a lot of the Linux evangelists. I'm sorry, you know, um, but as I said, you know, I, I, I also don't want to be the type of person that throws the baby out with the bathwater. That's the other thing I've learned as I've gone on through life. Just because you think that some people are doing something wrong, I'm not going to just dismiss it all out of hand and whatever. Uh, you know, uh, as I said, you know, the, everybody has their own reasons for doing what they do. And everybody ha they're nearly always good reasons. Nobody has bad reasons. You just kind of I live and let live, really. Okay, now I got a question for you guys. How did you get into Linux? How did that become oh what you're doing versus do just, we have the time? Just just getting a laptop. We do from, not from uh, <laughs> go back in the day. <laughs> just to go back in the day when we had you know dial up modems and everything else going yep. on when this all got started. 
what made you go to Linux and instead of just using the simpler way out? Yeah. Um, Cliff we, notes. Yeah, <laughs> for me, yeah, was, it was a simple. It was free. Well, didn't cost anything. I, for me, it was the best tool. Again, I, I'm I'm a pragmatist. I was already in <clears> IT. I needed something for a file server, and didn't have a Windows license. And honestly, Windows 2000 was not a great file server. And I looked around and I said, "Hey, what's this Linux thing?" Yeah. And gave it a try, and it worked great. And I had that server running for years and years, and never had a problem with it. I didn't come to desktop Linux till later, like. Because it was such a pain in the ass, frankly. Yeah. I tried it and it sucked. And <laughs> I said, no I did it. Well, I it did was it in the old days. Yeah, I did yeah. it backwards. I was, uh, I've always been a tinkerer, a mentor of mine, saw that in me and handed me a Slackware disc. <laughs> How funny. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, and uh, kind of just said, go. And so I did. And in my free time, I helped him uh, you know, rebuild some labs for a school and uh, just kind of went off from there. And then the philosophical stuff and the, the, usage on the desktop and on the server and stuff that all that came way way later so i think yeah. i would uh, i think i would kind of you know um agree with leo in that that's exactly how i started mine was a case of i had these i had this laptop which was basically non-functioning under windows xp because it was so slow and this that and the other and i was able to resurrect it using ubuntu 20 no one mean 20 ubuntu eleven ten. i think that's what it was anyway um and then I liked the tinkering aspect of it, the fact that I could make it the way I wanted to, make it do what I wanted to. And the fact that I was like, why should I pay? Like Bill was saying, you know, why should I uh, pay for something that I can get for free? You know, because, you know, free is always good. I am Indian after all. Um, and so, uh, um, and so uh, yeah, it's kind of, and, and I, I, w I wouldn't be surprised. I think this is probably actually quite a representative reason for why a lot of people, I don't, I, I don't, I'm not sure many people, I mean, there may well be some people, but, you know, went in completely on quasi-religious grounds of, you know, uh, this is the future and this is the way and this is this is the way, as the Mandalorians would say. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think it's, um, again, different different, uh, different stories, diff uh, horses for courses, whatever cliche you want to use, everybody's different. As long My as first computer was a Commodore 64, okay? Oh, and you God. type back into the old DOS thing. And oh. that's what reminds me of Linux. Yeah. yeah. That's where that, I'm at. So interestingly, <laughs> that's what was the first ever Linux distro I tried was one which was based, which looked like skinned like an Amiga. And I was a massive Amiga fan in the 90s. And so I was like, wow, I can use my Amiga again. Except it wasn't Amiga. It was Linux. Oh, what's this Linux thing? And started the journey. See, that's yeah. what I never did figure it out. So that's why when Windows come <laughs> along, I'm like, oh, this is much easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was. I mean, just no question about it. It was. Well, on that bombshell, we better wrap it up. Folks, let us know what you think. Um, hit us up on the socials or email the show, show at linuxotc.org, or uh, comment directly. Well, comment on YouTube, like and subscribe. Uh, comment directly on the website. We don't care how you talk to us. Just talk to us. Um, yeah, thanks for so thanks for being on the show, Dave. That was this was thanks fantastic. for having me on today. I kind of yeah. enjoyed this. So yeah, it, it was a really good, uh, really Hope good. It wasn't too much of a bringing you down. No, for not at all. <laughs> no, it was excellent. So we need to be uh, anyway, grounded sometimes. We'll be back in a fortnight. Until then, I'm Bill. I'm Eric. I'm Majid. I'm Dave. And I'm Leo. See you later, folks.